are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. Go, go, go. We are your news now. <laughs> right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. Step down into darkness Open my eyes, let me see Beauty that made this heart adore you Hope of a life spent with you Here I am to worship here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. King of all days, oh so highly exalted, glorious in heaven above. Humbly you came to the earth you created, all for love's sake became poor. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together loving, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. I never know how much it costs to see my sin. Upon that cross, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin. Upon that cross, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin. Upon that cross. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, 
altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're altogether lovely, altogether worthy. Be loved. Welcome to Ride On Radio. What an honor and a privilege it is to read the Word of God with you, uh, to uh, worship with you, to pray with you. I'm just feeling really blessed at this moment, and uh, I want to share it with you, and I, and I love that song. <laughs> Please know when to code that song on me. <laughs> Don't tell me it's swampy. I love the lyrics. I love just everything about it. And uh, I hope you did too. Let us just pray before the reading of the word. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for this privilege, Lord, to be gathered, even if it's virtually amongst your saints, with our focus solely on you. Lord, we pray you grant us the Holy Spirit to translate this chapter individually to each and every one. Lord, this is, this is your food for us. This is your nourishment. This is your provision. And Lord, I pray that these words will always make an impact on each person's life, drawing them closer to you. Lord, I pray that they're inspired each of us, myself included, Lord, is inspired to be the like the Bereans even more and more, to search out your word, Lord, Lord, for more evidence in truth. You are the light of this world, and you have given us a lamp to navigate through the darkness, which is this word world, and it is your word. Jesus Christ, as I pray, we bless the reading of this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, um, I've had a thought for the last couple of weeks of a 
bit of a project that I would like some help on if there are some volunteers, a volunteer, or perhaps multiple volunteers, because many hands make light work. And what this stems from is, you know, many people have commented over the last couple of years that I've been doing this, that they really appreciate the reading of the word. And of course, these studies go up and, you know, most of them are about an hour long. But what I'm looking for is someone who's able to take the video clip of just me reading the word, not with the interpretation or anything like that, just the reading of each chapter. And I'd like to assemble them, you know, and so they're, you know, four or five minutes typically to read a chapter. And, uh, and then what we could do is I can actually, we can extrapolate the sound from those videos so it could be on every platform. And, uh, you know, because, you know, sometimes I start at nine minutes in, sometimes I start at 15 minutes in, it is a little bit of, uh, of work to isolate that and to take the snippet. But I really think it would be a blessing to many people. And it'd be a blessing to me as well. And I just don't have time to take on a project like that. But, you know, we've done quite a few Bible studies now. And, you know, perhaps we can divvy up the work if people know how to do that sort of thing. Um, if you're not sure how to take out the audio and stuff, that that can be taught pretty easily. But you'd have to know how to take a video clip, uh, first of all. And, uh, and you know, I, I just, I, I think it'd be a blessing. So, uh, if if you're kind of thinking that that might be you, just pray for prayerfully consider it and uh, contact me at writeonjeff at gmail.com. And what will happen is if I get multiple uh, people, uh, which would be ideal, then I would, you know, uh, create an email chain with all names and, uh, you know, we can just divvy up the work. Anyways, prayerfully consider that if you would. Um, today we're going to be continuing. This is part two of second Peter chapter one, and I'm just going to read the entire chapter as I always do. And then we'll pick up where we left off. Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have received faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, for his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence, through these things he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world on account of lust. Now for this very reason also applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, 
And in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they do not make you useless nor unproductive in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For the one who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten the purification from his former sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choice of you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom and our and of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you are already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, to stir you up by way of reminder, knowing that you are laying, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as also our Lord Jesus Christ has made it clear to me, and I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from the God the Father, such a declaration as this was made to him by majestic glory. This is my beloved Son, with whom... I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this declaration made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word made more sure, to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture becomes a matter of someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Hallelujah, Lord. I thank you for using Peter, Lord, to give us these words. This is so rich, folks, and there, I'm only going to focus on a couple things here because there's really just some key things that I want you, just like Peter wants, I want them to be in your remembrance, even after I'm gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, so we left off after verse 11, which brings us to verse 12, but because verse 12 starts with, therefore, we need to go back because he's building upon what he said before. So verse 11, for in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. Therefore, verse 12, 
I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. You know, repetition is good. You know, can I just say this as someone who worked in branding and advertising and stuff like that? It's repetition, folks. Repetition programs the mind, and the enemy certainly is aware of that. And that's why the enemy, you know, copies the ways of God. And, you know, in early biblical days, people would spend you know, even in the Old Testament, they would go read the same things over and over. They didn't have the abundance of 66 books back at the time. You know, they, they only had the books that were coming out and they hadn't been canonized, but they studied them explicitly and they had to follow the rules of it as well uh, to live a godly life. And that's that comes up to play in this chapter. I hope you understand that. That's why I mentioned this. But he's speaking to believers, and I know probably 99% of you here uh, that are hearing this broadcast are believers, so I feel uh, in a relatable predicament. Now, but he says, the truth has been established in you, and when you become born again, it really is established in you because his Holy Spirit comes into you. And that's why his truth, which is present with you. But verse 13, I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling. Now, he is talking about his time on earth, you know, standing on this rock that we we stand. And of course, we stand on Jesus Christ, the rock, but... You know, Let's face it, the globe is called a rock to. But he's talking about his body in his earthly dwelling because your body is a container. Just like this world is a container for us all. In the physical, your physical body is the container. The part of you that goes on, your flesh won't. But the part of that goes on is your spirit, which is the life granted to you by God, and your soul, which is your unique you. Your soul is your emotions, your all the feelings, your passions, or lack thereof. And those things will escape that fleshly container that you have one day. And it's interesting, as he says, to stir you up by way of reminder, so repetition, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent. So I don't know for sure, because I, I don't really know of it from Peter and other parts of Scripture, but it seems apparent to me that Peter had some foreknowledge that uh, 
he was going to be taken out. And he was, um, he was, he was martyred as all the apostles were with the exception of John. As also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. So he knew his time was coming. And he continues to say, I also will be diligent that any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. So it's, can you see how seriously he's taking discipleship? I know that you already know this. And I know, and I'm speaking to you now. I know that you know this. But isn't it edifying? Isn't Doesn't this help cement the scriptures into you? Faith comes by reading and hearing of the word. I always put in reading. I know it says comes by hearing. But reading of the word is so important. But I think most people do grow a lot from hearing the word of God. Because you're hearing someone else's faith oftentimes recycling it and you know you get a mental note of what the you know what the words look like in print and it's very powerful it's very powerful then we get to kind of the meat and potatoes of the second part of this chapter for we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Cleverly devised tales. You know, the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear that is the Gnostic texts, where once the writings of the Bible were complete, Satan and his disciples decided to start writing their own cleverly devised tales. But also, you know, when you look at the birth of the Mormon church, for instance, this was a cleverly devised tale. When you look at all these cults, they're cleverly devised tales. Um, you know, many people hold people like C.S. Lewis in high regard, and they think it's very biblical. When I want to tell you that there's a lot of similarities, but if you look into them, uh, not really a good dude, folks. Uh, not making the show about that, but those are cleverly devised tales. And a lot of them will mimic truth but they're off on just a couple things because Satan wants the only thing he needs to do is keep someone from true repentance and salvation. That's it. His job is just that. Cleverly devised tales. Clever. We're to be wise as serpents, right? Because he just changes just a little bit. I was speaking with someone today um, who was in a cult. And it's a cleverly devised tale. It lifts up everything in the Bible 
but just changes the salvation message ever so slightly. That's clever. And it's a cult. And it's apostasy. This is the real deal right here, brothers and sisters. Continuing on in verse 16, he says, But we, speaking of him and the other disciples of Jesus, the apostles, were eyewitnesses of his majesty, that he is the king, that he is exactly who he said he was. And then... In verse 17, and normally I, I stick to just the uh, the chapters here, but I'm going to relate the story in case this doesn't come out clear to you. For when he, speaking of Jesus, received honor and glory, honor and glory, he was honored by the Father, and he received the glory of the Father, from God the Father, just a declaration as this was made to him by the majestic glory. Don't you just love that majestic glory? That just, it just brings it to a whole new level, folks. And by the way, in the Bible, both of those words are capitalized because he's speaking of the Father, of course. And what happened there, the Father said, this is my beloved son with who I am well pleased. And verse 18, and we ourselves heard this declaration made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. So this is when Jesus appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration. And I'm not going to go in and read the text because then I'd be tempted to study it, break it down. But it, this is a really important note. Who appeared with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration? Now, we can go into what transfiguration is, and that's wild in itself. And we're going to get there. Trust me. We will get there. And I can't wait to do it. Um. But he was with both Moses and Elijah. In the context of this chapter, this is really important for you to know. Why Moses and Elijah? Well, you have to remember, there's the Old Testament, and the Old Testament the whole thing is pointing to Jesus. The entire Old Testament points to Jesus. And then, of course, the entire New Testament points back to Jesus as well, who is obviously the center of this entire story. But before Jesus, people lived under the law. They lived under the law. Moses represents the law. 
It's the law of Moses, right? It's the law of God, but it's often referred to as the law of Moses. And Elijah represents the prophets, and it's going to come in even further down here. So he had Moses and Elijah with him on the Mount of Transfiguration to say that he was the fulfillment of all the prophecy and the fulfillment of all the law. And if you go back and you read that story, you're going to see some very significant words and Peter leaves it out here, but he says, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. The father continued and said, listen to him. In other words, he is exactly who he is, says, and he is the fulfillment of all law and all prophecy. Now, I'm not saying there isn't the prophetic operating. Of course there is. When you look at the five-fold ministries and stuff like that, God wouldn't put it in as a joke. Uh, ah, you know, it's we, we're writing here, but it's not real. Uh, so I don't buy into any of that stuff. But biblical prophecy is done. That's it. You know, the Lord might give you a word of encouragement for your brother or sister in the Lord or someone outside of it. But it isn't going to make it into the Bible, folks. <clears throat> he is the fulfillment of those things. So important to note. And then Peter goes on in verse 19. And so we have the prophetic word made more sure. He confirmed all of the prophetic word. Every single prophecy about Jesus coming was fulfilled through him, just as he fulfilled the law. And remember, Jesus said he didn't come to end the law. He came to fulfill the law. And, and, you know, I, I always, I think I've said this on the air before, but when I first came to Christ, I read something that was really interesting and it was uh, done by uh, some math genius, okay, math genius. And I forget the exact amount of prophecies, but I think it is 256 Old Testament prophecies that had to be fulfilled by Jesus. It's, it's an aston astonishing number. Let's just go with it, 256. If I'm wrong on the number, well, the Holy Spirit will minister to you. It's a lot, folks, and Jesus did it all. But what this math wizard had done is he had done the calculation of the possibility of one person fulfilling that many prophetic words. Even if you were aware of them and you set out your life to fulfill these things, the possibility and what his math equation came to, listen to this. I believe it because it's so astronomical. 
it could only be God. <laughs> you know, it sounds about right. God has a way of doing things that no man can doubt it. But what he said, if you take the state of Texas, which is huge, right? If you've driven across Texas or you look at the map, it's a significant piece of land. He said, if you took a place the size of the land mass of Texas and you filled that land mass with $1 coins or just gold coins, one foot deep. So the size of Texas, dollar coins, one foot deep, and you marked on one coin an X. And then you sent a blind man at a random starting point to walk into that landmass and on his very first attempt, pick up that marked coin. That is equal to the probability of what Jesus fulfilled. And by the way, it's like, you know, one to the power of 30 zeros. <laughs> like it's huge, right? Anyways, just that should build your faith alone. And so we have a prophetic word made more sure, to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place. This world is a dark place. And Jesus, his word and his being it's not talking about only walking at night. That's They use that as an example that you'll stumble. You know, if you walk during the day, you're not as likely to stumble as you walk across the earth at night without a light. Of course. But it's the darkness that you live in because we live in a fallen world. And if you have his lamp inside of you, he will tell you how to navigate. We're going through some difficult stuff right now in this world. How do we navigate it? Well, you know what? And I'm not boasting in myself by any means, but so many people have commented and thanked me for it, and it could only be by God. We're at this dark moment at the time of recording it where Israel and Palestine are at this war, and it seems to be stretching its wings out. Well, I asked the Lord, how do I handle this? And, he, and I just don't pick sides, pray for the innocent. To me, that's the lamp of God telling me how to navigate. And many of you, I think he spoke the exact same thing too. as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. You know, I love the fact that he put in morning star because Jesus is the morning star. But Lucifer in his fables has also called himself the morning star. And so many people... You know, we'll use the Bible and different translations in the Bible, phrase this differently. And, you know, there's this whole fable that, uh, well, no, actually Lucifer is Jesus's brother. No, no, that's a cleverly made fable. 
Jesus is the Son of God who is God. He created an angel who's Lucifer and now named Satan, among many other names. Verse 20. But know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture becomes a matter of someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. You know, this is really important to understand, especially in this day when we have many, many false prophets and essentially, there's two things if you go back to Deuteronomy to measure a prophet. It's two things. They will claim that it's coming from the true God. It can't be from a false idol or, you know, a Buddha statue. It has to be coming from a true God. Test number one. Test number two. It has to become true. If it doesn't happen, that person is not a prophet of God. There's people out there now who claim to be prophets. They say, well, not all of my prophetic words are going to come true. Then they're not a prophet. And the Old Testament prophets, I assure you, uh, didn't have a new prophetic word for every speaking engagement that they had or every time they have a show scheduled a show scheduled. It's a show. And many of the prophets of old uh, were very reluctant in giving their words because they were harsh. You want to stand before the king and tell him, dude, <laughs> sorry, it's your last day. <laughs> or, you know, Jonah. There's, there's some tough stuff, man that these guys saw. And, you know, modern-day prophets will say, well, it hasn't come true yet. Well, no, especially if you, especially some of these guys who pick dates and stuff. Um, sorry. You're of your father, the devil. You have an alternative, ulterior motive. And by the way, the, the Old Testament, when it's talking about that in Deuteronomy, it says that they need to be put to death. Now, I want to be very careful in saying this. Jesus fulfilled the law. We don't have to put these fake prophets to death. But it is my interpretation and my understanding of the character of God when they go stand at the great throne of judgment if they hadn't repented. He's going to have like a special sit-down meeting with them. He's going to give them special attention and special attention from the Lord in those circumstances is not favorable. Woe to those people. We really need to pray for them. And we need to pray for the people who have fallen into believing that because people just want hope. 
And that's what these people sell most of the time. It's hope. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Full stop. That's it. It's not in Donald Trump. It's not in anyone else. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. That's it. I hope this study blessed you. Uh, just a reminder that uh, I'm listener supported. If you feel that you are growing or, you know, if you feel led to just pray about it. Uh, if you don't feel led to pray about it, then just don't. I, I was asked, uh, in fact, I, I get asked this a lot because this is an international show like literally we we're on every continent and you know a lot of people want to support and you know they're not able to do my liberty stand or you know they're in a country where the mushrooms don't get delivered and you know uh it's and not everyone has money as well uh you know they just can't see it but you know they know they have to buy stuff and if they bought this it would be a good support and you know what I what I say in those conversations, and maybe even if you're in North America or whatever, and you, right now you just don't have enough to contribute, although it's on your heart to. The greatest thing you can do to support me personally, and this uh, this ministry, and all the people who contribute in Right On Radio, is would you just consider dedicating yourself to prayer? Would you, would you say, you know, listen, every whatever time or whatever day, I'm just, I'm going to make sure to pray for, uh, for all those who are knitted in to this community. That's actually far more valuable than money because God supplies our needs and he supplies yours too. So God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for being here. And uh, I just pray for you. Lord Jesus, I pray for each and every one that's in this audience. I pray, Lord, for strength in their legs. I pray, Lord, for a greater gift of discernment. Father, I pray for a greater revelation of your word. And just like it was written here in Peter that the repetition would be would be forged into their very being, the word of God. And Lord, that our faith will increase in you. Knowing how to pray and what aligns with your will. And then having that blessed assurance in faith knowing that you answer all prayer and that you have our best in mind. Our faith to be only looked upon you, Lord. You are the hope for all. In Jesus' name, I pray. God bless each and every one of you. And uh, until next time, remember to love your God. Love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and go and make a difference in your life.
community.